All right, it's DT Systems, dog tested and dog tough. You know, we like that dog in them, baby. We've been using the H2O1820. Over the last several months, we've been playing with this unit. Our friends at Standing Stone Kennels, Ethan and Kat, they've been using it for years, and we've been playing with it. We really like it. I think for the dog trainer, the hunter, and the guy or gal who's training their dog to get ready for duck season, we'll really enjoy the 1820. Super reliable, super consistent, great unit for you and your dogs. H2O1820. Dog tested. Dog. Hashtag man's best kennel, baby. That's Gunner Kennels. Man, let's talk about these crates because when it hits the fan, you want your dog protected. It's an investment emotionally and financially to keep your hunting buddy safe. If you'd like to get into a Gunner Kennel, slide into the DMs and we'll hook you up. But do your best friend a favor and keep them safe this duck season. It's force fetch, baby. It's the number one question we get asked. You don't know how to fix it? Let me help you. Let me get you to your goals. We built a course, bunch of videos. I think there's 13 or 14 videos start to finish on how you and your dog can get through the force fetch process successfully. The link's in the description. Be sure to check it out and let me help you and your dog. of Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles. Tonight's episode featuring Kevin Owens and your me musical guest, musical guest Bob Owens, Uncle Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on another episode. We're happy to have you here today. We've got a good one coming at you, baby. We've got new equipment. How do we sound? Let us know. That's why I sang to you. We have a recording. People just thought it was. We have a recording studio. If it stinks, please let us know. This is this is new, <laughs> right? We've had some technical difficulties. Yeah, we've had some technical difficulties the last uh, couple episodes. We're really trying to up our game audio wise for our call in guests and for Kevin and I. So we're excited. We. We stepped out of our comfort zone technology-wise, and we're here, and we're staying, and we're going big. So the old Roadcaster Pro, a lot of lights and buttons and spindly things that you can push and prod. and look like a DJ booth. I know. I think I'm going to get into techno music. I'm not. No? Okay. All right. I'm going to scratch techno music. All right. So we got a cool episode coming up. We're going to do... Kevin's got a list of... Things that Bob likes. So we're going to cover topics such as puppyhood, adulthood, uh, hunting, shooting, decoys, life, all that stuff. The products, and I'm. this isn't a pushing products episode. Oh, no. This is like, for instance, you know, what bumpers, size I use, and colors I use, and why, you know, um... Some products I don't like, like I don't like to use harnesses for dogs. I think harnesses make dogs pull versus teaching them to heal. So it's going to be, it's not pushing product. It's going to be informative. So I hope you enjoy it. We've got some neat things to discuss as far as our ratings. I think I'm excited to share that with you. But first, let's get into the old sponsors of the show. Big old thank you to... You canuba, baby. And yeah, let's give a quick shout out to the Fueled Podcast. Dr. Joe Spoo and You Canuba have a podcast called Fueled. Uh, I was a recent guest on the podcast. Um, Joe and I had a great time. We talked about pedigrees and, you know, picking a puppy and common misconceptions uh when getting a gun dog and we had a great time dr joe was on our podcast and it was filled with information on hip dysplasia neutering dew claws acl tears you name it 
Spoo and I chatted about it. So if you'd like a very informative, and I would highlight his Lyme disease episode. He had a veterinarian that specializes in tick-borne diseases. It was super informative uh, and entertaining, but a lot of good information. So check out Fueled by Hiyukanuba. Uh, and yeah, we feed it too. So check that out. Next up, Gunner Kennels, man's best kennel. If your dog likes to ride in style, but also be safe. It's like maybe a mullet party in the front. No, business in the front, party in the back. You got safety and style. Gunner Kennels, <laughs> just like a mullet. You know what? We need to copyright that and sell that to Gunner. Call call up Addison. <laughs> Gunner Kennels, the mullet of dog kennels. I love it. I love it. This well, is we'll great. find out if he listens because <laughs> we'll get a message. No, I love it, man. <laughs> it's the best kennel out there and the safest and stylish. The mullet. <laughs> now, I got a COVID haircut going right now. My hair is longer than it's almost to my junior year in high school length where I thought I was a cool hippie and had long hair. It's getting wavy and curly and gross. I might just do a mullet. It's like your mustache. You bite your tongue. All right. Next up, Dogtra. I've used Dogtra for over 10 years. I got my first one. Man, I think it was called the 300, and it's not made anymore. But that thing lasted me forever. The products we use, because I get this asked all the time, which collars I suggest. For the average Joe who hunts hard and trains hard, I like the 1900S. Uh, for me, every day use as a professional dog trainer, I use the Edge RT. I can ha hook up up to three collars. The 1900S is a single dog collar, but you could get the 1900 1902S, and that's a two-dog unit. I have that. Love it. Definitely worth it. Real good. Absolutely. So that's what we use. They've got a lot of other great products, and again, I stand behind it because before they became a sponsor on the podcast, I've used it for 10 years and believe in them and their customer service. So check out Dogtra and thank you to them. Next up, smoke them if you got them, baby. Kevin and I have been using the old Traeger grills. They hooked us up with a new one, the Ranger. They at least have good names. They do. Great marketing. Love it. And they care about the outdoor industry. They believe in all of us the outdoors, conservation, and smoking wild game meat. And, you know, chickens and whatnot. Vegetables. Kevin's wife turned 30 the other day, and Kevin smoked the entire family some ribs, a pork butt, and I did a spatchcock chicken. I forgot about the spatchcock. Yeah, I overdid it. That was my bad. I did not have it hooked up to the app or a probe. I just threw it on there last minute, and I screwed it up. But... What wasn't screwed up is Kevin's <laughs> concoctions of ribs and butts. Pork butt. Yeah, it was good. It was delicious. Well done, Traeger. Well done, Kevin, and his meat-smoking ability. I love this joke. That joke's never going to get old. Waypoint Outdoor Collective. <laughs> Way to move on, Kev. Our good buddies, we help them. They help us. They do our analytics. They have tons of other awesome podcasts and TV shows. Check them out. It's worth it. Is that it? I think we knocked it out. Well done. This is teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. All right, let's get into the episode. Now, uh, flip your computer back on there, Kevo. I want to read quickly some of our comments that we've been getting and give people shout-outs. We've for, had some good ones. We've had some good reviews here on Lone Duck's Gundog Chronicles. Number one, most recent, by Bearded Southern Gentleman. Now I happen to know this. Do you? I was going to say. I feel like that's a, a he's, he's on a Instagram theme. Yep, he's on Instagram. He asks questions on our live feed and on our direct messages. Um, he followed our Force Fetch, the two phase podcast on Force Fetch, and I kind of helped him along with some of the questions that he was having. Does he um, have any thoughts on your mustache? As a I bearded? bet you, he thinks it's awesome. Mm, okay, I haven't met someone who didn't like it yet. Uh, but it's, he said five star. Top notch. Thank you, sir. Bob and his brother provide everything from wit and humor. Well, 
The wit comes from me. Beat me to it. To solid training advice and awesome interviews with industry top experts. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate the comment. Uh, Next up is Ty Fournier. Uh, Actually, he bought a puppy, which we'll dig into here in a minute, too. Love it. Simply great. You feel like you're sitting back and having a beer with Bob and friends and talking about hunting and learning great things about training your pup. Thanks, brother. Much appreciated. That's cool. this one, this is some vocabulary. Mm. He says, it just resonates. I'm a master of none and have been dog training for a few years. Uh, Week after week, topics are discussed thoroughly and have been running through my head in training. Bob is well on his way to being one of the best in the business. This guy is my new best friend, guys. Uh, Best in the business. And his brother is Robin to Batman on the show. Now, I just want to say that Robin is kind of a wuss. And so his he's he's very spot on here. He's got Kevin pegged. Kevin looks good in a Speedo. Ex high school swimmer. Fact. Fact. Uh the I don't think Robin was Batman's illegitimate son. What was he? He wasn't I don't a brother. Think that was I think he had adopted him or something. Took him off the streets. And it's kind of like you. I took you off the streets, yes, man. None of this is true. <laughs> none of this is true. If you're an amateur or master trainer. my house. <laughs> yeah, true. Good point. <laughs> if you're an amateur or master trainer, I strongly encourage you to go through all the podcasts for excellent topics. Last note, Uncle Bob was a keynote speaker on the Duck Gun podcast about raising a hunting puppy. If you're considering buying a retriever, it's a must listen. Thank you, Zmantic55. Appreciate that. Um. Yeah, and, one, one more good one. Well, let me see. We've had a, I, I guess we're, right. we're having yeah. fun with it, but man, it's been pretty cool to read through some we of We do, the, yeah, we read yeah. these and we appreciate them. So that's why we you thought it would be fun to share also. Yeah. All right, ready? Practical advice from Bo Defiance. Bo, maybe Defiance, Missouri. Whether you're new to the game or a grizzly veteran, Lone Duck has practical advice for everyone. Browse the list of topics, pick one, or listen to them all. Love the shout-outs to followers on Instagram Live and the answers to specific questions. If you have a duck dog, save this podcast for your favorites. You won't be disappointed. That means a lot, actually. All, that's not a kidding. We I got nothing to kid around about this one. That means a lot. If you have a duck dog, you know, we want to be entertaining. We want to be educational. We want to provide great guests that provide you guys value. And we want it to be fun. So thank you all for that. Now, Kevin... This is also going to be cool. So Kevin found on our shout out to Waypoint, they have this analytic tool. And so Kevin, go through the list of how we're ranked internationally. International, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I get, I, I only pulled the data on uh, on today, but I get an email every day on where we stack up around the world. <laughs> For Canadian Wilderness Podcast. <laughs> you can't even say it seriously. Big shout out to Canada. Yeah. America's top hat. <laughs> we People like us. People like us in the Canadian A. Letter Kenny. Uh, Great show. Top 30. We made the top 30 for Canadian Wilderness Podcast. I don't know how we got looped into that, but I'm into it. We were uh, sneaking into the top hundo. We hit 99 in Ireland for wilderness. Slancha. Yeah. Does Ireland even have wilderness? Yes. Slancha. My Celtic brethren. I lived in um, Cork. I lived in Cork. Kerry Pike is where I lived for a time being playing rugby in Ireland. So that shout out. A, that was a good week. No, I tore my hamstring. I got sent home. Things happened, but it was longer than a, it was a couple months. Big shout out to Ireland. Love Guinness. Big fan. And the people who say it doesn't taste different over there is just, it's ridiculous. It's good anywhere you drink it. And 155 in America for Wilderness Come podcasts. on, America. Yeah. <sighs> 155? Off, yeah, well. Come on, America. Know. Fight we, back. We made the list. Fight back. We did make a list. We made yeah. a list. And we yeah. made we didn't. We're not going to tell you that there were only 155 on the list, yeah. but. We made top 31 in Canada. And uh, made Canada. I'm I'm might move to Canada now. Well, now I need to know what the, which other ones beat us for wilderness podcasts. Canadian. This is amazing. Yeah, love it. But thank you all, and and I hope that you all realize that 
we are sincere in saying thank you that you care enough to keep listening, to shout us out and follow us on Instagram and send training questions and mm-hmm. join on live. This has been a blast and it's been we're buying sound systems, so we're trying to continue. We bought a sound system. We have a producing Roadcaster Pro. Um, what was the other thing we want to talk about? Oh, well, I want to talk about puppies. Five star reviews. Oh, three hundred and thirty six <laughs> five star reviews. One one star review, which he's been around for a while. We've dealt with that. We've dealt with that. So shame on you, one star. Now we recently have had a one-person four-star review. Everything else is five-star. But I want to say thank you for the honesty to the four-star review guy or girl that you didn't take the easy road and just click five. You put thought in it and said, you know, if only Bob got rid of Kevin, it would be a five-star. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It it is. It means a lot that people actually click that yeah, button and, and write a comment and... And listen in weekly to our shenanigans and fun and beer drinking and having buddies on and, you know, sharing some insight into our world. So. Sure. But it is funny that now we got to work harder to earn an extra star I, from that guy. I want that person to... Uh, Can they write in? Do you, you still listen. If it's a four, you still listen. Yeah. You don't quit. You just are honest. Yeah. I dig I, it. Yeah. I, I like this it. person. Yeah. But we're going to get you to a five. We might have to have him on the show. <laughs> yeah, maybe he needs to be on the show, and that'll bump him up. All right. So next, our, our main uh, main event of the evening that we wanted to, to hit on was uh, a few of Bob's favorite things, and I suppose the flip side of not favorite things, because who doesn't like a good rant? Um, but wanted to touch on a few fun things of, I guess, like tips and tricks, but things that you have found helpful over the years, things that as we're kind of gearing up for summer summer training, uh, like what do people need? What do people like, what should they shy away from? Whatever. So, uh, in the puppyhood sphere, yeah. what are some things? Sure. We got, all right. Number one, you need to buy a crate. Puppies need to be crate trained. This is non option folks. Okay. Um, if you want to do it right, the dog needs to have a safe place and a quiet place and a place for their own. And it also teaches them boundaries. So let's say you got to take a shower. You got to get ready for work. It's time to shower. Puppy's been up. You've aired the puppy. You've fed the puppy. You aired the puppy again. You had breakfast. You're playing with the puppy. Maybe you did a couple marks. Whatever. Now it's time to shower. What do you do? Well, I'll only be in the shower for five minutes. Or he can sit in the bathroom and play with a toy while I'm showering. No, this is a perfect time for that puppy to have 10 minutes in the crate and realize that the crate is not a bad thing. I like to feed my puppies in the crate. Buy yourself an adjustable-sized crate so that when the puppy's small, you can section that crate off and give them very little space. Enough to turn around and lay down. If they have too much space in that crate, they'll poop and pee in one side and go lay down in the other. And not good. This is not good. Very bad. We want good crate training. So small amount of space, but get a crate. Don't do a playpen in the kitchen. Don't do a playpen in the porch. Crate training. Enough said about pee pads i have an apartment and i want to have little pee pads so that they have a place to go pee pads are the worst invention ever you're teaching your dog it's okay to go to the bathroom in the house now pee pad pros are going to be like no 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 they'll only go on the pee pad i have i have never ever met a person who had pee pads where that dog didn't have accidents elsewhere in the house not one pee pad person has called me and said, no, literally 100% never has an accent anywhere other than the pee pad. That doesn't happen. You're, in essence, teaching that puppy it's okay to go to the bathroom in your house and there's scent from pee and poop no matter what you buy from the store. It's never going to fully eliminate it. They know in their brain it's okay. Okay? Pee pads, no, no. You know what I don't get is, like, do you ever take your dog to a friend's house? 
or go on vacation with the dog or anything and you bring pee pads, how often are you replacing the gross pee pads? You just no, put, like, it's, just, it's just terrible. It's whatever. Anyways. Don't do pee pads, okay? What other things for puppyhood? All right. So if you know in the next year you're going to be getting a puppy and you're duck hunting or you're dove hunting or you're whatever hunting, grouse hunting, whatever, pheasant hunting, cut the wings off every duck, every pheasant, Every whatever you kill, cut the wings off and put them in a freezer bag and freeze them. And now you're going to take these wings and you're going to play with the puppy with the wing. You're going to tape that wing to a bumper. You're going to put those wings in a Ziploc bag and a couple tennis balls in that bag and let those tennis balls soak up the scent. Okay. Duck, you know, bird wings are a great way to get puppies rocking and rolling and birdie and cool with that. The caveat to that is if you do too much bird wing or pigeons or whatever and they don't get enough excitement from a plain bumper, now you have an imbalance in your training. So you need to create that same amount of retrieve drive for a bumper as a duck or a duck wing tapes to a bumper, etc. So that's the caveat. Now for a baby puppy, I like throwing them paint rollers. I like throwing them little six-inch tiny canvas bumpers. They're very soft. They're easy going. I like tennis balls. I like some chew toys. If the puppy, the chew toys can be a, a touchy subject. Sometimes puppies will play too much with a toy, and therefore the bumper or training devices hold less value in the beginning stages, 8, 9, 10, 12, 14 weeks, you can still build a retrieve drive using their favorite toy. I'm not worried about that. But things like squeaky toys where they just shake the heck out of them and chomp them and, you know, get real aggressive on them, I might scale that back. I might let them have them a little bit, but I'm, I don't want that to be a habit where when they get a duck, they just want to shake the heck out of it. It can create some problems in the future, but if you do force fetch right, you can knock it out pretty quickly. It's just one of those things I, I would caveat. It's not a hard rule that puppies should never have toys, but just a little caveat. Um, I like Nyla bones, um, chicken and beef flavored Nyla bones. They're hard. They don't splinter. Um, antlers. I don't really know if this is 100% true or not. I feel like some people say antlers are fine. Some people don't. But I do know that antlers are hard, super hard, and they can chip teeth, and they can be destructive on your dog's mouth, okay? So if your dog's kind of a soft chewer and a nibbler and not a grinder, you're probably okay. If that dog, like, really gets down into it, they could chip a tooth, crack a tooth, and you got some bat bills coming. When we uh, when we had our good buddy Ira McCauley on our show, our second, it was like episode? our second or third episode. Yeah, uh, we should give him a call. But uh, I remember him saying that he has people all the time in the office the past couple of years with dental problems because they give their dogs antlers, and it's become like a thing now. Right. And you know, there's been a huge uptick in oh yeah, chipped a tooth on an antler. So. Yeah. Absolutely. For what that's worth, take it take it as it comes. Yeah. What else are puppies? Uh, you mentioned canvas bumpers earlier. I think maybe we were offline. Do you, like what kind of? No, I, you, I said it. I said canvas bumpers. Huh? And and again, you know, the rubber ones are fine too. But sometimes they just don't have that softness where the puppy is going to kind of be attracted to it. I don't dig scent sticks or scent dab on drippy things that you can get from like gander mountain or dicks or something um are they I, for people who don't have like a duck wing you mean i guess so i don't know what they're for i never really bought much into them um you know it is what it is T again take it for what it's worth i'm a professional dog trainer i don't use scent sticks and i don't use drippy scent stuff my bumpers smell like bumpers you know today there were dead wet ducks laying in my bumper pile like they all smell like crap probably and the dogs <laughs> love it so 
you know, take that for what it's worth. Sure. Um, but I don't think you need to spend money on scent sticks and whatnot. Um, puppyhood. Let me just rack my brain real quick before we move on. I know one thing you always hit on in terms of puppy training is like people, places, and things, but then also having a lead, a long lead on puppies. Mm. Well done, Kevin Owens. Mm, listen. So I like to go to the dollar store. Yep. And I like to get cheap, tiny, thin, four-foot leashes. That way, if your puppy chews it, it's not the end of the world. Uh, you just throw it away. But when that puppy's getting a little bit older and they're starting to get gutsy and they're chewing the end table and they're grabbing at the carpet and they're you know, playing too rough with your kids or the other dog in the house, whatever, instead of saying no, 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 no. And then finally getting up off your butt and making a correction. And as soon as you go near the puppy, he starts scampering away and butt down and doing the zoomies and you can't catch him. And now he thinks it's a game. You've got that four foot little leash where you can step on it without him or her knowing you can tug on the leash and give a verbal correction. No, with that tug. So now that puppy is getting a correction lightly, whatever with the word. So now the word means something. It means a correction. And you can tug on that leash and gain control of the puppy, snap them out of the negative behavior, and get them doing something more positive. Okay? Um, yeah, I think that's good. Let's, uh, let's rock into adult, adult dogs. Uh, well, six-month-old. Yeah. Right? I, like, yeah, that was, that was zero to six months, I would say. Right. Now we're getting into some training. Okay, some tools of the trade that I think you need. An e-collar. We talked about it in the beginning part of the podcast, but if you hit 30-second skip and didn't listen to our hilarious intro, shame on you. We use Dogtra. I think they're the best, great customer service, all that jazz. And for 99% of you, I think the 1900S would be a great unit. Um. You know what might be interesting, and maybe as like a sidebar from the conversation we're having, but what would you say would like delineate between uh, someone who may need a 1900S and someone who may need an Edge RT like you use? I know that you it's a little bit more fine-tuned. You can have three dogs as opposed to one. Yeah, it's just like, a bigger – so uh, one, I get it. And then there are guys who, like, might be listening – guys or girls that might be listening. To, we don't – like, we don't know the stats on the women. We got Ireland and Canada, I, yeah, but we don't, don't know male-female. So don't say that. My bad. Men and women right. looking at collars, I don't know what kind of dog you got. So there are pointing – you know, dog – pointing dogs have uh, a special collar, and I believe it's the TB – forget the numbers, but it's the TB unit. Um. Thomas Bob TB. Um, so like why buy two collars? I mean, it's going to do the same thing, but you're going to have the beeper and you're going to have some of the, the little features that are going to be handy when you get out hunting. Um, but an e-collar is, is the real deal. Um, for Kevin's question, why the edge RT for some people, you know, I, I'll still use my Edger T duck hunting. It's just a bigger handheld unit that I got to fit in my waders. So where the 1900S or the ARC or some of the other ones are just a smaller handheld unit, you can slide in your waders or your pocket easier, your back pocket. Um, but I, I'll still hunt with my Edger T just because it's always in my truck. Um, So e-collar, for me, it's no-brainer. A 30-foot, 25-foot check cord, no-brainer. Go get one, go make one. You can make one for a dollar at Home Depot. Um, the reason why, a lot of people message us, boy, my dog likes to retrieve, but then they run past me with the bumper. They'll do a couple hot laps before they come to me. Um, I'll call the dog to me, and they don't come. They'll keep playing with the stick. Well, if you have that 25-foot check cord, before you call the dog to you and they're chewing that stick, you can grab your check cord without them knowing it, just like our four-foot leash in the house, and I can start, I'll call the dog and I'll reel them in and give them a treat. So now I've created a command with a way to make them comply, and then I can positive reinforce it after. Um, 
So if you're having issues doing some retrieves, check cords are great. I also like a steady tab. Steady tab is a six inch little ropey thingy. People sell them. I've sold them, but let's be honest, you can make one for 99 cents at Home Depot. So go get you some six inches of rope and a snap lead and snap it to their collar. That's going to give you the tool when you're doing marks to hang on to them, but not have them dragging a leash while they're running for a mark. And it can help, you know, as you start to steady. So a steady tab would be great. Um, bumpers. Let's talk about bumpers. Plenty of things out there. You got Dokens. You got Avery ATBs, the a Avery training bird ATB. Um, you've got hexa bumpers. You've got 99 cent ones that I think are called like lucky brand or something. I don't remember, but you can get them for real cheap on gun dog supply. These are all great. I personally prefer the hexa bumper style and I personally prefer the three inch. Okay. So they're like, let's say nine inches long. All of them are the same length, you know, almost within centimeters. But there's a three inch in diameter and a two inch in diameter. Two inch in diameter is great for your young dog. Or if you've got like a Boykin or a Cocker or whatever, or maybe a Setter, I don't know. But for me, I like that three inch because it's easier to find in the grass on marks or blinds. And... It's bigger in the air when it's thrown for a mark so you can see it flying through the air better. And I also feel like when they grab it, they grip it. Versus the two inch, they'll kind of cigar it more and they'll fumble it more. And it's more, it's just kind of small. That's a good point because we've had a few people ask about sloppy holds. You know, how do this I get my dog? Yeah, this won't fix a sloppy hold. I just think it's an easier, it's just a good way i feel like i see less sloppy holds with a three inch bumper to a two inch bumper let's put it that way uh colors do you like uh excuse me colors oh do you like white white and black or orange what's uh, i got them all right, right? But why so do if i were to buy bumpers right now let's say i need bumpers i'm gonna buy a half a dozen three inch hexa bumpers black and white because they they flash so when they're flying through the air, they're creating an off and on of that color. And I feel like the dogs can see it against most backdrops, whether it's the skyline or a tree line. You can see it much better when it flashes versus a pure white one. I feel like sometimes in the skyline, they don't see it, but up against a tree line, they can see it well. Orange bumpers. I will throw orange bumpers for marks, but it's specific. It's not every day. And it's not generally for younger dogs. It might be a marking drill because they they don't see orange. It's like a deer in the deer woods. They they see it more like a brown. So it, when it hits the ground, they aren't. Now, some dogs, I think, do see orange brighter than other dogs or whatever. Like, I think Memphis can see orange. But whatever. It's a different story, not the conversation. Orange is for blinds. And I'll still use white bumpers for young dogs on blind. So if they do get in the area, I can have them be successful finishing that blind while I'm there, I'm teaching them. But bigger dogs, I'll use orange bumpers on blinds. I'll use orange bumpers on certain marks. But a lot of times I use black and white. Um, Kevin just handed me something and it fell. What are we looking at here, buddy? What are you showing me? Didn't know if you wanted to uh, make moves into the next section. Uh, no, I think we still got more to talk about. So this adulthood is also, I like dog beds. I like having them have a place in the house where they, they know they can go. You got guests over. I want them to have a place to go. My personal favorite is L.L. Bean. I love that dog bed. I've got one from 10 years ago when I got Buck. It still looks brand new. It's phenomenal. Little known fact, Uncle Bob made orthopedic dog bags for Lone Duck years ago. Those were short run. Some people bought them. Some people didn't. Um, I would love to have somebody write in and say that they have one. Yeah, I mean, I think I made like a dozen of them. And uh, I have big, one. Big plans for those, though. Yep, I have one still. but And it still looks brand new. I mean, I they were nice. They were like uh, Tempur-Pedic, baby. 
but you know, I'm not a dog bed maker. I can't, can't be a dog bed maker. So, but I like LL beans dog bed or like a Coranda bed or Mo Marsh has a low profile dog bed. Um, giving them a place in your home where they are maybe like don't need to be in the crate, but they need to be out from underneath your table or what have you. So get you a dog bed, make sure the dog's old enough and supervised enough where they're not going to shred it. That would suck. Um, what else? I still think crate training is huge as they age until they are fully trustworthy. So revert back to crates are your friend and your dog's friend, not a negative space. Um, man, what else for just an adult dog? Oh, harnesses or gentle leaders. I don't use them. I think they are a somewhat crutch. Now they are a tool. So I think the gentle leader could be very helpful for some people. Harnesses, never. Harnesses will advertise to you that you're not going to put strain on the dog's neck. You're not going to, you know, it might constrict their lungs and it's uncomfortable and so they won't pull. Well, guess what? That's a crock. That is not true. They that's, will pull you. That's a terrible it is what it is. Terrible thing. So don't get a harness. Don't put a harness on. Just teach the dog. Work on training and obedience. Don't put a Band-Aid on the problem. Um, I used a combination of slip leads with my 99-cent homemade rope from Home Depot, and I'll use choke chains as well. I have a prong collar. I'm not opposed to it. I know a lot of my friends use it, and it's not as bad as it seems. Um, like They have some, a negative connotation, but so do e-collars. And I use an e-collar. I don't judge e-collars, so I need to be open-minded to other people's point of view and how they use it. The way I've seen them use it is very gentle, and they can make very minor corrections on the dog, and the dog responds really, really well. I just don't I, – I didn't feel comfortable with it, so I don't really use it. But I do like a choke chain. I think it has uh, um, some dogs, it, it really, they respond great to it. Other dogs get a little flinchy to it. Um, but get one. I mean, they're $2 at Petco. Go get one and use it and work with your dog. Slip leads on just a rope. That works too. I think it's important to then go through like... I don't want to do like a full here's how to teach heel and things like that. No, but we're not doing that today. Right, but like... But how might somebody use a, a slip lead or a choke chain incorrectly where they're pulling instead of popping? Like That might be good to go through quick. Eh, I don't really feel like it. This is not a training tip episode, I feel like. All I'll tell you is P for perfect. <laughs> when you put the slip lead on over the dog's head, the dog is facing you, and you look at the choke chain or slip lead, it should form a P. P for perfect, and you slip it over the head like a P. Then when the dog is on your left side and you pop the lead, it will pop and release. If you put it on like a nine, German word for no, Kevin? Nine. Nine. No. I don't know where we're ranked in Germany, but worse now. Probably not number nine. Nope. German word for no is nine. So if you... Face it the other way, and you're staring at a nine and slip it over the dog's head like a nine, and he's on your left side, and you pop that choke chain or slip lead will stay taut. So remember, when you put a choke chain or slip lead over your dog's head, P for perfect. That's as far as I'm going. If you want to learn about how to heal your dog, you can refer back to a 100 other episodes where we've talked about it. Fair enough? Fair. All right. What else for adult dogs? I mean, proper nutrition. You know, quick shout out to Uke, but the number one thing that I think people do wrong is overfeed their dog. There's a lot of overweight dogs out there, and that's a huge no-no to me. So make sure you've got your dog on a diet that works for them and their body and their coat and their digestive system and that they can maintain a healthy body weight without being too thin or being too chubby. Being fat is a risk on their joints, on their heart. Um, 
risk of overheating, uh, risk of hypothermia. I mean, like everything that could go wrong will go wrong if you've got a fat dog. So in the, to adulthood, maintain a good body weight. Their body should look like an hourglass, okay? Um, much like my own, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, okay, number of bumpers. Number of bumpers is huge. You know how many guys are like, got one bumper? I mean, come on. I think I have three if we're being totally honest. Yeah, you're lazy bum. Explain to me why I need more than three. I'm about to. Uh, Thank you you for asking. So get yourself six to 12 bumpers. You know, if you're trying to do some advanced work, you've got pattern blinds. You've got a T pattern. You've got, you know, doing multiple marks and diversions and all sorts of things teaching them hunted up and putting four or five bumpers in a hedgerow along the way and scatter them throughout a field and have them hunt and quarter the field. You need bumpers, ladies and gentlemen. They're, I think a hex of bumpers, 12 bucks. Spend 120 and get mm, 10 of them. Mass not so, so hot right now. I'm tired. But six to 12 bumpers is a good number for your average Joe. Get yourself an egg crate. Is that what they're called? I don't know what they're called. Milk crate, those plastic milk crates, and stack them in there. Know how many you got. So now, okay, let me go back. Let me because we talked about orange and white. Get yourself six of each or nine of each. It's a tool that they don't go bad unless you run them over with a you know lawnmower or something. But they'll last you forever. They're good. Another thing you can get, I'm just thinking about, I'm a, I am a proponent of these with a grain assault, with balance in your training. Remember we've talked about not just throwing marks from your hand and how a dog will break down at 40 yards or as far as you can throw a bumper if you only throw from your hip. Well, the same goes for those tools. I think they're called a lucky launcher from Retriever Trainer where it's got a bumper and a 22 blank. Or like one of those nail gun 22s. You you can load it in. Once your dog is good with gunfire, you can rock that thing. And it'll shoot 60, 80, 90, 100 yards. It's still from your hip, though. So your dog's going to be looking to you, from you, to go you know straight out to go get the mark. So it has limitations. But I do think it's a great training tool for once or twice a week. Or as you get closer to duck season to work on steadiness with gunfire and shooting and blowing a duck call and bang and, you know, shooting it down in the ground right near you and shooting one past the decoys and, you know, getting them coming back into the blind and shooting another one and, you know, all sorts of fun things that are rapid fire and fast pace where you don't need to reload wingers or, you know, quack a duck call and then launch and whatever. So they do serve a purpose, and I think they're like 120 bucks. You know, again, you spent 1500 on the puppy. You spent 700 on your gunner kennel. You feed the best food. You drive a nice truck. You got a good shotgun, and you got sick of gear. You're telling me you can't spend 120 bucks on a, you know, launcher like that? Come on, baby. You can do it. It's <laughs> a good point, um, though. Yeah. So now let's get into some other launchers. This adulthood section is is getting meaty. I like it. I have been a consumer, user, and seller of Gunners Up wingers. I've also used Zinger wingers. I have one Zinger winger and three Gunners Up wingers. They The wingers are my number one versus a Thunder launcher or a Versa launcher. And I love Versa Launcher and Thunder Launchers. They, again, serve a purpose. They're a great tool. But what I like about the winger is I can throw dokens, I can throw ATBs, I can throw bumpers, and I can throw live du- or ducks. You can throw live ducks too, but you need help. But you can throw ducks or pheasants or chucker or whatever you want to put in that thingy and slingshot it out. So where a Versa Launcher or a Thunder Launcher you're only getting bumpers or a bumper boy, whatever you can find. But a winger 
And when you actually break down the price of buying two or three wingers and electronics versus one Thunder launcher or one Versa launcher to meet up with the, you know, three launchers, you're in the same price range, okay? So I like the versatility. They are heavy. They are cumbersome. You do got to carry them out there. I did it for years. I still use them. But I used to have to train, you know, 10 dogs. And before I had a four-wheeler rack on my truck, I'd have to walk out to every Bree Bird. And, yeah, it's a pain in the butt. I get it. But that's the best way to train a dog if you don't have a bird boy. And you know what? Again, you bought a $700 Gunner Kennel. You got a new Silverado or Dodge or Ford. You got a new Benelli or, you know, whatever. For... $1,800, you can be into three wingers and electronics. Especially, there's Facebook pages where you can buy used ones. You know, up your game, baby. If you want more than just a basic, basic gun dog, you can't throw marks from the hip. So you have to invest at some point in a winger or Versa launcher or Thunder launcher where they're getting marks at a distance. Or have, hire yourself a bird boy or have a kid. I feel like a kid's way more expensive than a winger. That's a really long-term commitment, too, because you got to, I mean. That's yeah, think co- of college. Get that out of here. Woof. Um, all right. Next that kind of bleeds into hunting, though. It does, but I'm not there yet. Uh, because if you have these wingers and the electron or whatever, you need electronics. Big old shout-out back to Dogtra. I've been using the RR Deluxe. It stands for Remote Release Deluxe, okay? Not genius. This is a handheld remote. It goes around your waist or, you know, snaps to your back pocket. And it's got a duck call, it's got a beep, and it's got a launch. And you can string up eight launchers, or and then there's another way to do it, and you can do 16 wingers or whatever. It's, it's ridiculous. But you can do as many, basically, wingers as you can afford, String them up, and from 400 yards away, you can make a duck call sound, push a button, and it remote releases that winger. So if you're getting wingers or these other units, you're going to need a remote release system from Dogtra. There's other companies that make them, but they can pound salt. Dogtra is the best. They pay me to say that, but it's true. I love them. I've had my units for... I had one unit, and then they got stolen. I remember that. That sucked. Did. That sucked. They got stolen, so shame on that person. He was probably my one-star <laughs> review. That one-star review guy stole my electronics. He knew uh, it was deluxe. He knew it was deluxe. No, so uh, they got stolen, and so I think I bought them two or three years ago, and they hold a battery. They work every time I put them on. I mean, they're great, so... I kid around about them paying us, but truthfully, it's well, it's the didn't it's the real always deal. didn't three years ago, right? It's the real deal. So those are things you need for adult dogs to train them to a higher level and get the most out of your dog. You know, we could get into like healing sticks. I think they're a great tool um, when used properly. Yeah, a whistle. I like. I use a sport dog peeless whistle. P is in like a P like and P. Um and and the peelet sport dog peelet whistle is like seven bucks on Amazon or on Gun Dog Supply. Go ahead and get you one. Um I like the sharp. It's loud, it's sharp. The if you get one that has a P in it, sometimes the P will freeze or stick or or like will trill and then get stuck and be like a squeak. It's weird. So the sport dog peelet is what I use. Um, what else do I use every day? That might be it. It's not as, I mean, it seems, you know, it's a good trick that I've, I've noticed and it's definitely a a Bob Owens thing, but always wear a hat. Dog training, you always wear a hat. Yeah. Get you a lone duck hat. Lone duck com. Shameless plug. You're going to feed on why i was going to say because if the dog's not coming back to you if you got a puppy or something it's nice to give a little oh, hey, hey whatever. like it's a, it's a little yeah so i'll use my hockey trick yep 
I'll use my hat with a puppy. If they aren't coming back and I don't have a bumper handy to, like, tease them, I'll take my hat off and flap my hat at them and toss my hat behind me, and they'll run to chase the hat. But, haha, I got you because I got you in the bumper. So, yeah, I like having a baseball hat on. And uh, it's a fact that if you buy a lone duck hat, your dogs will do better, jump higher, run faster, poop solid turds. <laughs> Sandlot. Sandlot, guaranteed. PF flyer. Um, all right, let's get into hunting. Must-haves. Uh, I like hunting a dog with a neoprene vest. I think they do two things. And I think people who might hunt in flooded timber might argue because there's a lot more underground snaggy things that can snag a dog and get hung up on that vest. But the vest is going to do two things. One, if it fits properly, we've talked about this in the past, if it fits properly, it's going to help keep your dog warm. If it's snu- it's supposed to be snug, so it needs to be snug to hold that water into the body, that water is going to be hugged and snug to the vest, and, and or excuse me, to their body temperature, and it's going to warm that up. It's also going to help keep them a little bit dry which seems weird, but it, it kind of does. You take them off and, you know, the rest of her body's kind of wet, but inside, you know, in their lung area, rib cage area, it's going to be more dry. So it keeps them nice and warm. The other thing it does is it prevents puncture wounds. So underground barbed wire or underwater barbed wire. You know, you're, you're duck hunting a marsh and it's kind of near an old farm or whatever. There's debris always in there. Um, you know, a lot of us have these hard-charging dogs, and they're not thinking about that log that they've got across, and it's got a broken limb, you know, underwater, and they're swimming and jumping and grabbing and pulling, and all of a sudden that, you know, sharp end of a limb digs into them. That neoprene vest is going to help protect them from puncture wounds and give you a bad day. Um, helps them get in and out of boats because you can grab onto it and stuff like that. So I think a neoprene vest is good. Uh, I like the Momarsh Invisalab and Final Stand. Invisalab is the one with the, like, tent, if you will, over top of it. So they climb in and they're covered and you can brush it in. The Final Stand is just a flat dog stand. Both of them have awesome features. They're relatively lightweight. Um, the leg system is, is nice. And they're, they're like telescoping, like a. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's it telesco- word. Yeah, that's telescoping word. legs. Um, the feet have a base on them, so it helps stay sturdy in the mud and muck when you're out duck hunting. Um, and I like the mesh bottom that the dog sits on because a water drains through it and doesn't pool up or ice up. And it also allows their nails to dig in. So the old school dog stands had like a a very slick surface on top. And when the dogs would kick off, their nails would slip and their legs would give out from behind them and they'd tumble. And I just, every time I saw a dog launch off of one, I'm like, oh, here we go. It's going to bust something. So I really like Mo Marsh's system where it's got grip and that dog can launch off of it instead of slip and fall off. Um, I don't really have a specific brand or one I like to use. Avery has a good one, but I can't remember the name of it, but a ground blind for, for goose or duck hunting in a field, ground force or something like that. But that's a must have, and it's a must for dog training. I mean, train like you hunt, teach them how to get in and out of it and stay steady in it and use it. I mean... A month before duck season, we go from hunt test style to hunting style. And we do a lot more throughout the week hunt realism versus like now. Now I do like once a week hunt savvy, shooting guns and hooting and hollering and banging a bunch of rounds and duck calling like crazy and, you know, a boatload of decoys out there. We don't do it that often right now. But as we get closer to duck season and dogs are getting ready to go or like, for instance, scout, 
the Boykin went home today. The last couple weeks of his training, a lot of it was heavy on that stuff. Um, so add that to your adulthood repertoire and hunting season repertoire where you've got a ground blind for field goose hunting and duck hunting, a Momarsh stand for flooded timber or whatever. Get you a neoprene vest. I also like to take a bumper out duck hunting. I like to have a bumper in my blind bag. I don't always remember, but especially for a young dog who hasn't had a lot of successful hunts, if you can keep the boredom down where they stay engaged and stay focused on the task at hand and you can, you know, no ducks are flying, it's a dead morning, you can tell your buddy, all right, hey, stand up and shoot and uh, and launch this bumper out. I'll blow the duck call, you you launch it and shoot. It's a great little training tool, gives your dog a, a little bit of fun for their hard work at being patient in the boat or the blind. So take a duck or take a bumper duck on. What else, Kev? What we got next? It's also good to have a few rocks in your pocket with a young dog. Yeah, good point. Instead of launching shotgun shells into the water, yeah, that's expensive and not good either. Mm-mm. No, that's a good point, buddy. But take some golf ball size rocks and put you know half a dozen in your blind bag. And that first few hunts, you're going to help that dog out be successful finding that dog. What's the next one? Shooting? Yeah. Shooting and decoys. All right. Shooting. I like my Browning Satori over under 12 gauge. I'm in the market. Probably shouldn't be, but I am for 20 gauge Browning Satori. So if you got one and you want to do a little horse trade and you give me a shout baby on the dms at lone duck but i'm looking for a browning satori 20 gauge i want to switch to duck hunting with a 20 gauge really yeah i don't know i think it'd be fun and i love my satori so why switch it up other than to switch it to a 20 gauge a little bit lighter be good for up and hunting yeah yeah i'd like to shoot my a5 a little bit more yeah you have a bunch of guns though I know, that's what I'm saying. I don't really need it, but I enjoy shooting an over-under duck hunting, and I and I enjoy shooting an over-under per, period, but uh, I do, and I have a, a Browning A5 Light 20 that I got uh, maybe two or three years ago now, and I shot the other night. We went and did some clay bird shooting and shot well with it, had fun with it, and it's a nice little gun. But uh, over-under still has my heart. I also shoot heavy metal 3-inch three 3s. We've talked about that in the past. I love it. Um, I'd like to try Boss shotgun shells out. You know, they've got a good thing going. And I want to try it. I want to see what, yeah. the, what the hype is. Believe the hype. I don't think I've heard anybody say anything bad about it. So Absolutely not. No, people love it. So if anybody knows anything... I'll tell you what, I killed a turkey with that TSS stuff. Is that Federal who makes that? Uh, I don't don't remember. remember. I know it's a TSS, and I hammer down, son. (laughs) Deader deader than a doornail. Yep. Um, So there's got to be something to it. Yeah, yeah. So I I think this year I'm going to try Boss shotgun shells. You know, give it a whirl. back, see how it goes. It's worth it. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Um, decoys. I have been a friend to Tangle Free for a long time. They're great people. Uh, and so that's what we use and, and have. I, uh, I've got their fully flocked mallards. We've got their whole diver. Yeah, we got a bunch of divers. We have yeah, bluebill, bluebills, redhead, old yep. squaw, a couple canvas back, a couple pintail. Yep. Nah, we don't have pentagon. No, no, no. You're right. You're thinking, yeah, thinking about this. Um, so I, I just, I, the divers are foam filled, and I think that's the cat's ass. Can you explain it. why why foam filled? Well, because uh, Kevin shoots decoys, or Steve Salomon shoots decoys, or mojos. I mean, I we were out old squaw hunting, and Salomon saw moked an old squaw. I mean, decoy. I mean, wasn't our decoy. 
Hippolito's. Oh, that's all right then. That's fine. Yeah. So that thing was toast. Still floating. Still looks brand new. I mean, it's got holes in it, and it would be a dead decoy you'd throw out. But um, it works. But the foam filled is the way to go. You you can pellet it. You can mist it, whatever, and they still float. So, you know, a little bit more expensive in the front end, but they last a lot, lot longer. Um, and, again, I, I've just I've used Tangle Free forever, and I have a relationship with that company. So that's who I use and, and care about. But, I mean, I think I've got Dakota Goose floaters. Those are nice. They're fully flocked goose yeah. floaters. Um, the fully flocked is a nice touch. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't have five dozen, right? Oh, we no, don't have. Yeah, that's, we don't, that's important to know. <laughs> yeah, that's important to know. We don't have a ton, so if you're gonna have a small amount, at least have the best you can afford, and then over the years start adding to them yeah. and watch Facebook and you know get a half dozen here, half dozen there, and add to it. You don't have to go out and buy a whole rig of the best of the best right away. You know, dig in a little by little, and each year add a little yeah. more, and get rid of the old stuff, and use that money to. I mean, truthfully, we've stuff. been steadily like, all right, I'll pitch a hundred bucks into decoys and upgrading whatever mm-hmm. the you know, and then if you pitch in a hundred and you know whatever, it adds up, and it doesn't take too long to be able to have a couple, yeah, six nice, packs nice of nice ducks. And you know what I do like, and I forgot. Was that uh, it's the Higdon duck butt that shoots water. Ooh, that's a goodie. Man, I'll tell you what. I think that brings ducks in. And if you kind of have it offset where it's not right in their full view, but they're seeing water and it's moving some of the decoys that are around it, I like that. I also like the flock flickers. I know some people don't. I think Mojo makes them, but they're flock of flickers or something like that. And they're just tiny little wings that are on a timer. And they spin, stop, spin, stop. And if you space them out amongst your decoys, it's like a mini mojo, and it's just catching their eye and then shutting off. Where a mojo, unless you have the remote control one, it just spins the whole time, and ducks will flare off of them. I don't think they flare off these flock flickers if you space them out right and kind of tuck them away and tuck them near decoys. It just is a little bit of movement, a little bit of flash, and then it's off. And they're like, oh, what was that? Let me check it out. And then, oh, look at over there. Oh, and then they get a little closer and a little closer and a little closer. And bang, Kevin missed. They're very inquisitive. And hope they come back. One yeah. more one more loop. One more loop. Just one more loop. Well, I think that ends the list. I'd like to give a brief shout out to the new lone duck dog, Sam. Sammy. She had her litter of puppies. Um, this is Sam's first litter. She's a hunting retriever champion. Um, fantastic dog. Actually, I'll be very upfront and honest with people. I'm waiting on HRC to get me the HRC H title. She has all her pink slips in and everything's good, but I don't know. With the COVID, it's been frustrating. I hope it doesn't bite me in the butt. It shouldn't, but she's got all her qualifications She's got all her health clearances. She's a phenomenal animal, but, uh, yeah, she's she's legit, and she had her first litter of puppies. She, had, uh, she had 10, four black boys, four black girls, and two chocolate girls. And I think probably by the time this airs, we may have one or two fe- black females left. Um, so if you're interested, you can give me a shout, but... They're going to be nice dogs. The male is a master hunter, hunter retriever champion, canine good citizen, great house dog, great hunting dog, phenomenal competitor. I've seen a lot of the puppies he's had, and they're all extremely high drive, great marking dogs, great training attitude, and Sam is a great marking dog, sweetheart, gentle, high drive, but gentle. It's kind of like... She's very similar to Cruz in yeah, a lot of ways. Say. She just wants to be pet, loves to be rubbed under her chin, mm-hmm. you know, eats up the attention, but, you know, time to hunt or train, it's go down time. to business. Yeah. So I'm really excited for this litter. We're trying to do the best we can to produce high drive, talented, intelligent gun dogs, co- competition dogs, family dogs. And uh, so I'm, I'm fired up for this litter. 
the cruise litter all went home a few weeks ago, and the feedback we've gotten is really strong. Um, really, really strong. You know, a lot of them are swimming and retrieving ducks already, like full-size ducks. They're carrying them back and, you know, good retrieve drive, doing pretty well in the house and, like, figuring out the house breaking and all the puppy stuff that goes along with it yep. that we talked about earlier. But families are happy and the dogs are adventurous and outgoing, so... That's exciting. Yeah, it's going to be a bunch of, you know, I've been doing the hashtag future duck dogs. You know, it's what they are. Family members, duck dogs, and competition. So, very excited about that. Another little shout out to the Lone Duck website. A lot of you guys have been very supportive of us. So, this podcast is free. You know, my direct messages on Instagram, right? I help you guys out. It's all free. And... A lot of you guys have been supporting us back, buying a T-shirt, buying a hat, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, a lot of couple people have been buying Gunner Kennels from us. Anything like that means a lot to us. You know, we're all a community. We all care about each other. We're number 30 in Canada. I mean, come on, baby. So thank you all, and if you do enjoy this show and enjoy the content and the entertainment, and the information we provide here and on Instagram, do us a favor. Hop on LoneDuckOutfitters.com. Hook up, you know, hook up a hat for the summertime. Grab a T-shirt. Support the show. And uh, as always, hey, if you want to be honest, Abe, and give us a four-star review, I'm not going to hate you. But a five-star would be super appreciative. And we 100% are excited for more of these. And thank you to all of you. Hey, do me a solid. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy our Instagram, if we've helped you at all, join patreon.com forward slash lone duck outfitters. If you do it before September of 2023, you're going to enter to win a hunt with me and Kevin and a bunch of other Patreon members down in Missouri. We're going to smack some ducks, have some fun, do a seminar with our dogs and have a great time. But jump into patreon.com forward slash lone duck outfitters. Links in the description and join the community that helps me help you help your dog. Hey listeners, Nick Larson here, host of the Bird Shop Podcast. As fans of this show, you may be interested in the conversations on the Bird Shop Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting, from upland birds and their habitat and conservation to the shotguns, bird dogs, and gear used to pursue them. Whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more, I interview a wide range of guests, each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share. If you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation, please consider subscribing to the Bird Shop Podcast today. Thank you.